Hey, Tim. Hey, Dan. How you going? Pretty good. Got a joke for you. Ah, good. I always look forward to the joke. Yes. Uh, how is Christmas like your job? I'm not sure. You do all the work and the fat guy in the suit gets all the credit. <laughs> Are you the fat guy in the suit? Yes. <laughs> no, but I have another funny one. This right, is a, okay. I found a website of business humor. Okay, cool. Uh, how many marketers, and this, this one goes out to Sam uh, Petruzma, it goes out to um, <laughs> Oddball, Mark Oddball Marketing, Mark Sandys. Uh, how many marketers does it take to screw in a light bulb? I'm not sure. None. They've automated it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get this started. Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Tim. And we are the two most famous accountants on the internet. <laughs> In joke, which no one will get. No one will get. if you do get that, send us a message. Yeah. If you understand that, our <laughs> reference to Bob and Brad, then uh, send us a message because we'd love to hear from you. And not if your name's Michael Orford Man on the Street. If you are Bob and Brad and you happen to be listening to this, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks Bob That's and Brad. That's cool. Uh, so today, Tim, we're going to tackle a topic, uh, we're going to tackle it kind of briefly, uh, and just the overview we'll call this first one, because it is quite a complex um, topic. We have skirted around it at various points on other episodes about other related things, uh, but today we're talking about Division 7A. <laughs> it is quite a, uh, I guess, intimidating name, really. Mm. People will find it hard to understand... Um, and so we want to give a basic overview of it because this is one we see often mucking people up, especially when they're in a company. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, the, we, we touched on it, especially in the episode that we did about how you get money from your business. How do you actually take money in the various entities from your business? And we mentioned that if you uh, are taking cash without it being a wage or a dividend from a company, then it's potentially a Division 7A payment, which can have all sorts of consequences. But we'll dive into that in a second. First, Tim, what, what is, is the, the Tim, Tim and Dan Lowe? Tim, how's your week? It's been great, Dan. I got out for a run yesterday. Ooh. First time in two months. Yep. I got, got to go for a run and my knee's feeling good. Just in time for the 80Ks? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got a, just a little 10K run done in prep. My, my legs aren't too sore because what I did was I mixed up running and walking. Mm. So, I took my time, wasn't very fast, but uh, very good precursor as to what's going to happen on Thursday and Friday. I'm, I'm confident. I think you're going to get it. I think I will. I think mm. I'm just going to take my time, just be patient because, you know, if I burn my legs out in the first 20Ks, then, then, uh, then I'm screwed. I do think I, the, if there's going to be anything that's going to be your downfall, it'll not be patient. Definitely. It'll be not being patient. I I think that mm. you're easily the start of the run. I could see you being like, Mm. yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm just going for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm doing it with Angus and Cal and they've been able to obviously keep their training going the last couple of months. And I think that I'm not going to be able to keep up with them. So, Mm. um, so yeah, I'm just going to have to call it very short into the, into the early stages of the run with that. I'm going to be like, all right, 
Good luck, guys. I'm going to walk it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, I, we'll I get think, there. I think that's fine. I think if you know from the start you're running your own race, mm. then there's no expectation to keep up. Yeah. And then you can go, all right, great. Yeah, no, this is my predetermined walk section. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so if you are keen to support me uh, or support a good cause, it, this is all for uh, Beyond Blue and mental health. Yeah. That's my um, chosen charity. Then uh, we'll be sharing a link today on Facebook and Instagram and yeah, wherever well, else. When this episode comes out, Tim, you'll be on the run. Right. It's coming out on Thursday, is it? Thursday or Friday, although we could release it early. Yeah, let's, release, let's it early. release it early because then, I mean, we've recorded it today anyway. Yeah. So, okay. So, let's release it early. I've been doing the, I'll be doing the run uh, starting at midday on Thursday. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to start researching what food I need to take and things like that. So going to go down the runner shop, get some gels. Yeah. You're going to have a bum bag? You should get a bum uh, definitely, bag. I've got a vest. I've got a vest. So you can if put you see, things in the pockets. If you live in Sydney and you see someone with like a red vest mm. uh, running on the Bondi to Manly Trail on Thursday slash mm. Friday morning, then uh, yeah, it's likely to be me. That's exciting. Mm. Cool. What about you, Dan? What's cracking? Uh, just the usual stuff for me, Tim. Not doing an 80K this week. Still got my shoulder injury. Can't lift my arm above this point. If you're watching the video on, on the YouTubes. No good. Um, still about here. So I'll be visiting Orford Men on the street again today. Hey, um, did you want to do a little special mention about the sign that's behind you? I would. I was just you know, thinking just then. I said, if you're watching the video, if you are watching this video, you will notice this beautiful on the air sign behind yeah. us here that is thanks to our good friends uh kings of neon kings of neon what an awesome name yeah. kings of neon yep kings of neon fan of the band here on the central coast uh the guys hit us up uh to, to let us know that they're a local business supporting local businesses mm. and uh we were looking at this on the air sign and and we thought it was great so we bought it yeah. And here it is. And it looks fantastic. They did a great job. You're not a legit podcast unless you have a neon sign that says you're on the air whilst you're recording. Exactly. Yeah. How do people know <laughs> yeah. if the sign's not on? <laughs> and the funny thing is it's in this room where we're recording. So, <laughs> it's not actually so telling no one else people. Know, yeah. <laughs> Only we know that we're yeah. on the air. Yeah. That's so fine. It's kind of not working. For That's its purpose. Fine. It's telling us mm. that we're recording. Anyway, shout out to them because we, we just think they did a great job with the sign. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, so, Tim... Do you have a business update? Business update. Oh, there wasn't any off the top of my head, actually. There, there is one interesting one, mm. uh, which we haven't mentioned, but Futurely is releasing a new cash flow um, tool. Mm. So, they've been posting some webinars and things. I'm interested to see what it looks like. Yeah. So, if cash flow forecasting is something you're in the market for at the moment, there's a new one there with Futurely. Yeah, that's it's a good It's supposed one. to be a bit uh, more streamlined because the old tool was very in thorough, yeah. but uh, very time-consuming as well. So, check that out. Um, have you got any other business updates? Uh, one that relates to this topic in particular um, is that so there were some proposed changes to Division 7A rules right. and I'll touch on them as we go through this episode but they were meant to start like two years ago yeah. and then they didn't get the legislation together they didn't get the rules around it together so they pushed it to they were going to start the 1st of July 2020 mm. and apparently uh, on the 30th of June 2020 they announced obviously that's not going to happen <laughs> so there's no changes in rules tomorrow mm. um and now they've just said the new rules will start the year that they create the legislation okay so rather than put any specific number on it yeah they've just said 
when we get it done, it'll happen. Yeah, cool. So that's a bit of a business update. So the rules that we're talking about today are still relevant. There's no yeah. firm date on when these might change, um, but we'll mention the things that are looking to change anyway. Mm, cool. Cool. All right. Uh, Tim, do you have a tight ass tip? I do. I've got a really good tight ass tip this week. Mm-hmm. The tip is don't be a tight ass. Donate to my uh, charity run that I'm doing. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Don't be a tight ass. So your tight ass tip is to not be a tight ass. My tight ass tip, yeah, it is it is a tax deduction as well. We've we've covered this in the past. So yep. a very good tight ass tip from the past was mm. gift someone a donation mm. and claim the tax deduction in your own tax. So not only are you <laughs> giving someone a lovely gift, you're getting some benefit in your tax return. Yeah, that was a good one. And so you can do the same. If you want to gift Tim, yeah. gift to his chosen charity. That's it. That is a gift to me. Yeah. But also, it's not going to cost you the full cost of the donation because you can claim it back in your tax. Yep. So, if, uh, so the other thing, a bit of a tight ass tip that I'm going to throw out there is that sometimes uh, there are a lot of um, opportunities to donate to various people and they have GoFundMe pages. If they're not linked to a specific charity and that money isn't being donated to that actual charity, so when you're donating to that fund, it's not then going straight to the charity and it's registered and all fine, then it may not be a tax deduction. So just be careful that if you do want to do this, that you're actually donating to a deductible gift recipient as Tim has linked it to Beyond Mm. Blue. We believe Mm. that is the case. Yeah, so just giving money to someone's very good charitable cause Mm. does not give rise to a tax deduction. Correct. What it has to be is a registered not-for-profit or a registered charitable... Deductible gift recipient. That's it. Yeah, there you go. So, so in Australia, that's what it needs to be to Mm. claim it as a tax deduction. Um, And luckily... My charity run is linked to a deductible gift recipient. Yay. So, if you give $100 and you're at the highest marginal tax bracket, then you will only be spending 55 roughly. Yeah. You'll get 45 back in your tax. Yeah. So, any high income earners out there? So, there's some free tax advice for you. Great. That's a good one. All Donate right. to me. Well, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to our main topic today, Tim. And that is Division 7A. Yes. Div 7A. I wish I had an echo button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when I pushed it, it would be like, A, 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 A. That'd be a, amazing. A, you should a, look a, up a, if this can do that. Yeah, I should. That would be amazing. Um, Div 7A. Why, why the shitty, intimidating, like boring ass name, Dan? Because it's actually a part of the tax law. It's just mm. the title of the, of the section of the law that it's under. Mm-hmm. So the division is the seventh point A division mm. <laughs> of this particular tax law. If you had to give it mm. a different name, like a name that people mm. people's eyes won't glaze over when you say it to them, mm. what would you give it? I would call it a company can't just give you money. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like shareholders debit loan or a director's yeah. loan. Yeah, it, it, which is often what people call it. Um, but it does. there are some other things that fall into that. So, you can get caught up with trusts and mm. um, unpaid present entitlement payments and things like that fall under this category as well. Um, but we'll go into that. But, but broadly, what we're talking about here is when a company gives money to a shareholder or an associate of that shareholder uh, and... It's not a dividend or a wage, basically. And, and a payment 
and we'll go into the definition of that in a second, it can be a lot of different things. Mm. So it's, it's, it's money leaving an entity, usually a company, that does not have tax paid yep. for that money leaving. Or maybe not money. Maybe other things, like yeah. Dan just said. So, a payment. Yeah. So, the ATO definition is a payment or other benefit provided by a private company to a shareholder or their associate, basically. And we're going to go into a lot of these. The, so, let's just go history before Div 7A. And Div 7A wasn't always around. No. So, historically, what you could do, and it was probably more of a gray area because there was no rule around it, but... Mm-hmm. You could potentially lend money to a shareholder, an associate, a director, and then at some point, write that loan off Mm -hmm. as lost money. That loan will never be paid back. Mm -hmm. And that was actually potentially a way of getting money out of a company Mm tax-free. Now, that's what this was instilled for. It's so that you couldn't just give money to a loved one to buy a house, but then not pay any tax on that money leaving the company. Yeah, and the reason being is is yeah, because a company is a separate legal entity. Its money belongs to it. Yep. Even though you own that company, um, the payments between you and it need to be accounted for in some way mm. and you can't just remove an asset from someone and give it to another person without there being some effect. Yep. Um, now, the characterization of an associate so this isn't so as Tim was saying, you, you want to, you might want to give money from a company to a relative or something mm. to help them. Um, so they they all fall within this category. Yeah. So, so an associate is is what? A relative of the individual, mm-hmm. a partner, or a partnership in which the individual is a partnership mm-hmm. in a partnership, the spouse or child of an individual partner. Mm-hmm. So that means that my partner, her kid, <laughs> if not mine, sense. is still within this. Yep. Um, a trustee of a trust in which the individual or an associate benefits. Mm-hmm. So, any immediate relative or yourself are a beneficiary of a trust. If the company loans money to that trust, that falls under Division 7A. Yeah, okay. Mm. Uh, a company under the control of an individual or associate. However... A loan or payment between two companies is not Division 7A. Mm. It is just a, a loan, loan between, between two, two companies. companies. Now, if you then write off that debt, that has its own tax implications. Yes. But um, but purely just the act of loaning it itself or mm. a payment itself doesn't trigger this automatically. And as we know, companies can be around forever. So <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And we can get a whole lot more complicated than this mm. um, when we start talking about interposed entities and you know, is the payment actually going to the final person or is it just going in between? It gets much more complicated. And and maybe later on, we'll go into specifics Mm. on another episode about what that means. But broadly speaking, if you or one of your relatives or associates uh, are benefiting from an entity or from a payment, Mm. then potentially it falls under Division 7A. Yeah, especially if it's it's a company. So, yeah, if, if you have a company... Um, that you're operating your business out of, then this is something you really do need to be mindful of. Correct. Um, it, it is less stringent with trusts, certain types of trusts, sole traders, partnerships, those types of things. You don't really need to worry as much. It's really the company. Yeah, it's the company. Yeah. It, the, only, the only other entity it does affect is a trust that is giving a uh, 
payment to a company as a distribution of income yeah. and then doesn't actually pay it. Yep. That's the only other time apart from having a company that it actually ma- matters. So now the other part of this is what is a payment? What is an other benefit? This is what we spoke about. Mm. And here's a quick list of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, private use of company assets. So yeah. this often, and the other part of this is tricky is that it often mm. overlaps with other tax laws. So yeah. fringe benefit immediately yeah. comes to mind. Definitely. But that could also be a div 7a so you mm. could end up with two problems at the same time that don't rule each other out they're both the same yeah so um yeah so com- private use of company assets so this is let's say you have a, a a property that the company owns and it decides to just let you live in it rent free mm. or gives you that asset mm. just says this is yours now yeah that benefit that you have received and that payment of giving you an asset mm. is division 7a mm. so yep. other things transfer of company assets that's what i just mentioned there um so not just the use but the actual transfer so uh, like stock yep let's say to an associate um business which isn't a company yeah mm. uh, other basic transfer of company assets is um money cash yep. they give you cash mm-hmm. uh gifts uh loans and other forms of credit I'll go into that one a little bit because it's a bit more specific as well. Uh, writing off or forgiving a debt. Yep. Uh, guarantees, payments or loans by a trust where a company has unpaid present entitlements. So that's, that's what I was just talking trust. about before. Mm-hmm. And payments and loans through interposed entities. Mm. Now, what we're going to speak about specifically today because they're the most simple and the most common is just purely when you have taken money from the company yeah i think i think that's the key one that's the key one that's the most common all these other ones do happen so just be aware if you take an asset from a company Mm. if you have private use of an asset from a company uh, or if you have a loan to a company and then they write it off all those things to you or an associate can be a division 7a problem but the most common one is you've just taken cash yep so that's the one we're going to speak about specifically today so, we've said the word Division 7A a lot. We've mm. described what entity it affects and we've described what classifies an actual payment. Mm. But the next thing that we haven't actually described is what's the actual consequence of that? So, yeah, you've got something that's now called a Division 7A payment. Well, mm. What does that mean? Yeah, true. And this, is, and this is why it's important because this is basically the punishment of doing the wrong thing. So, if you end up with a Division 7A loan... Um, then if, if you don't comply to the rules, which we'll go through mm. shortly, then what could happen to you is that um, there is an unfranked dividend mm-hmm. to the value of the loan included in your tax return in that year that yep. the loan was given. So let's say it's a million dollars that has been um, loaned to an associate of the company. Mm-hmm. You could potentially have an extra million dollars brought into your taxable income in the year that that loan yep. was was given to that associate, um, and there will be no tax prepaid on it. There will be no franking credits, um, and you have to pay tax on it. A million dollars in that year, yep. on top of whatever else you earned. So yep. that's that's the repercussion. Yeah. Um, and th- there's certain things you need to do so that the ATO can't come to you and say, "Hey, um, we're going to include this unfranked dividend." to um, rectify this situation that you've got yourself into yeah. with your company. Exactly. And, and so, you may have used that cash for something. You might not have the payment. If it was a mm. transfer of an asset, you might have 
uh, an asset sitting on your hand, but no no liquidity, no cash yeah. to, to pay tax on suddenly this giant amount of income sitting in your tax return that yeah. you may not have actually received. Plus, you're going to be paying tax if it is a million dollars at the highest marginal rate on mm. a lot of that because it's all in one year. Yeah, exactly. So, you don't want to end up in this situation. Basically, no. it's, it's, it's not great. No. <laughs> it's going to cause you a lot of tax and a lot of headaches. Yeah, tax um, that you weren't considering you would have needed to pay. Exactly. And, and a lot of people end up in this situation where let's say um, they, you know, they own a company, they're a small business, uh, they pay themselves a wage, and, but during the year, the business pays for a bunch of, just, just happens to pay for a bunch of personal things during the year and they get put to a drawings or a director's mm -hmm. loan account. Yep. Um, there might be a employee contribution from a fringe benefit calculation on a vehicle that they use and that goes to a loan account. Yep. And suddenly there's, at the end of, you know, by 30 June, there's $10,000 sitting there as a loan that you have taken from the company, which you haven't received. It's just the company's paid things for you. Mm. Um, and now you've got a Division 7A problem because you've got $10,000 sitting there. Yeah. Now that has to be dealt with in some way. Mm -hmm. Now the only way to avoid, there's really only two ways to do this, to avoid having that unfranked dividend included in your income is one, pay it back. Mm. And we'll go through the specifics of that in a second. Or two, set up a compliant Division 7A loan. Yeah. So let's go through the first one. Pay, Pay it back. back. Yeah. Because uh, there's, there's important dates that Correct. you need to have this done by. Yep. So to avoid Division 7A, you needed to have paid that loan back to the entity in full by the earlier of the lodgement date or the due date for lodgement of the tax return mm. for that entity that year. So let's say it's a company. Uh, and you've got the tax agent extension to the 15th of May, and you lodge it on... Oh, Tim. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's say that it, you've got a company, and it's the 15th of May, you've got the tax agent extension, uh, and you lodge it on, we'll just make it easy, on the 15th of May. Mm. So lodgement date and... The due, lodgement, due for lodgement date is the same. Mm. You have until that date the following year to then repay that entire amount in full. Yeah. So 30 June 2020, you've got $10,000 owed to the company. By the 15th of May 2021, you had to have repaid it back. Yep. And in that instance, there is no interest needs to be calculated. Mm. There's nothing that needs to happen. Yep. You are compliant for Division 7A purposes. For sure. Um. And often people do that by, okay, they can see at the end of 30 June that they owe 10 grand back. All right, we're just going to have to declare a franked dividend mm -hmm. uh, at, you know, when we prepare the financial statements uh, and that's going to be included um, maybe in last year's income, maybe in next year's income. Um, but either way, it's going to be a dividend that's paid to you. You're going to receive some franking credits, but you don't receive the cash. You just mm. put that off. You know, there's a mutual obligation. You mm. put that back to your... Um, uh, director's loan account and now you don't owe anything. Yeah. The other option, you decide, all right, well, we don't have any franking credits. Uh, it's too late to declare a dividend for this year. Okay, well, what we're going to do is just give ourselves a bonus in that year. We're going to put that through our payroll system, um, withhold a bunch of tax from it and difference I'm going to put to that loan and write it off. Well, uh, uh, sorry, match it off. Yeah, so you would have wages payable to you, but instead of taking the actual cash yep. personally, then you would offset that against the loan. Yep. So that, that's, that's something you can do. And that's, that's not a bad solution as well mm. because 
the company is paying the tax withheld. Correct. So you should have enough tax withheld put aside. You mm. would think that when you come to lodge your personal tax return, you get your nice little refund or yeah. whatever. So you feel less pain. Basically. You feel less pain individually. Um, you know, declaring a dividend um, the fault, you know before that due date and paying it back that way is more tax effective if you've got the franking credits um, because you don't need to gross up the wage and all that stuff. You just pick an amount and go for it. Um, so that that is the the first way. Mm. Now that might be hard if for some reason something has happened and you actually owe you know you're a small business owner and now during the year you owe your company a hundred thousand dollars. You don't have a hundred thousand dollars in cash. It's it's a lot, um, and you obviously don't want that added to your income. Mm-hmm. So not all in this year. Maybe you've had a good year, yeah. <laughs> which is why you're taking extra cash. Because even if you do, you know, depending on your income, but it, even if you do include that as a franked dividend of a hundred thousand dollars, and you had enough franking credits, well, you're still paying tax at the highest marginal rate probably by that point. Yeah. And the franking credits are only going to be twenty-seven and a half percent. Yeah. Um, you so you ten, you yeah. are paying a, an amount of tax. Twenty percent. You could you could yeah. owe about twenty percent exactly of that one hundred thousand in tax in tax. So so that's not the best solution there. Um, so what is allowed is that you create what's called a complying Division Seven A loan. Now, the rule around setting this up is essentially the same as the payment. It needs to be done before that due date. It needs to be set up with documents, an official loan agreement um, that is compliant for D- Division Seven A purposes. Yep. Now. This is one of the biggest changes that they're talking about making in the new laws. Yeah. So right now you have two options. If it is an unsecured loan, so you've just taken $100,000, then it needs to be repaid within seven years. Mm. So the term of your loan is going to be $100,000. Over seven years. Over seven years. You need to meet minimum repayments. And you need to meet those minimum repayments each and every single year. And you can do that in a number of ways. Mm. You can add more to your wage, but... Do the same thing, you know. Like that payment we are talking about before. Yeah, basically your two payment options that you had before is exactly the same to making the minimum repayments each year. But it just gives you more time. And the one thing, the disadvantage there, Dan, is that there is interest earned by the company on Mm. that loan. Correct. So there is Mm. income in the company of interest, um, which is non-deductible to you unless you've used that loan to purchase... Yeah, a income-producing asset or something. Yeah, but generally that's not the case. Mm. Um, yeah, so non-deductible interest for you, which means your repayments back to the company are more than what you originally loaned. Yeah, and the other part about that is, is that the interest rate is quite high. Yeah, it is high because it's predetermined by the ATO and it's changed every year. It's about six percent at the moment. Yeah, it fluctuates, but yeah, it's five six percent. I think it dropped from five point eight two to five point seven nine. Yeah, something recently, like that, which yeah. is ridiculous when you consider we've got 2% interest rates Correct. in the market at the moment. But So it's a fair incentive not to loan money from your own company. So, but So just to recap, just to make sure we haven't lost anyone there, mm. it's a loan from the company to you and the way to fix it, option number two, the way to fix it if you can't fix it in one year mm-hmm. is to set up a complying loan agreement. Mm-hmm. So really what the ATO is going to be happy with is either someone pays tax on it, that's option number one, that's the payments, or option number two, if you set up a complying loan agreement. So what they really want to see is that you are making a commitment to repay that amount in a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, and you are sticking to that each year. Correct. So the first um, element of that that Dan's just explained is a seven-year loan. Correct. Yeah. So seven year for an unsecured amount. So unsecured means that you haven't put up any of your personal assets. 
Um, so if you default on that loan, then, um, well, essentially what's going to happen is the company uh, will be have taken to have paid an unfranked dividend of whatever's left to you. You'll pay tax on it. Yep. None of your assets will be on the line. There is another option though. <laughs> and this is what could change, but um, there has been an option for a 25-year loan. Yeah, which means... the amount is really large. Correct. So you can have a 25-year loan um, as long as it is secured against an asset. Mm. So if you've got a home or if you've got... If you purchased an asset with that cash, you could secure it against that asset. Um, what are the pros and cons of this? The pros and cons... Basically, you don't have to include as much income in your name each year from the payment if you're doing it through a bonus or a dividend. Um, however, if you're actually repaying it in cash, then you don't need to um, you don't need to pay as much back each year, and your cash flow can be a bit easier. So true. So that's the bonus of doing it over 25 years. That's a pro. Um, but the negative would be is that more interest is going to be charged over that longer period than true, it would in true. a short loan. You're paying the same interest rate. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the other negative I see is that it's more complicated. Mm. So it's not just as easy as saying, oh yeah, I'll put my house on the line. You've actually got There's to register yeah. um, security over that asset, mm. which so you can do online. You, you've you would probably need to seek advice yep. to get that done unless you are quite savvy. Mm. Um, that's to make it a proper complying loan if the ATO ever audited you. Uh, you would want to probably have sought advice around that. Yep. Um, the other shitty thing is if your business ever goes into liquidation or bankruptcy, then your assets are potentially on the line mm -hmm. um, because you've put them up as security against the loan. So if, they, if, um, if you can't keep repaying that loan for some reason, then a liquidator might be able to sell your house that mm -hmm. you've put on as security for that loan. So you don't see a lot of 25-year loans no. um, unless someone's tried to sort of do a dodgy on it or tried to skirt the system. Um, it's likely they probably haven't set it up properly. So that, and that, that's changing, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. So one of the proposed changes is that they're going to do away with seven or 25-year loans completely and every single loan, regardless of security or not, will be 10 years. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Yeah. I, I think that's good. People get a little bit extra time on the lower end. Yeah. Then they don't have that higher end option, which is like realistically not mm. going to be an option that many small businesses will properly take. They'll, they might think they're taking it, mm. but um, they might not have crossed all the T's or dotted their I's yep. when it comes to the ATO getting what they need from them. Correct. So there is another element here that we haven't spoken about, and this is... A get out of jail free card. <laughs> <laughs> this is that... If you have loaned money from a company or you've transferred an asset from the company, whatever the Div 7A payment or other benefit is, if that company in the year that you make that payment or benefit doesn't have a Div 7A distributable surplus, mm. then it just gets quarantined and there's no consequence. So this is a weird, this is a really yeah. weird one, Dan, because... Because basically what you're saying here is if there's a certain uh, mix of assets and liabilities mm -hmm. on the balance sheet, then um, potentially that loan will never have to be repaid. No. And, <laughs> and here's the thing. So, I, I'm, I'm a little uncertain about what happens with that loan it, over time. It because seems eventually, too good to be true, right? Because eventually to wind up that company, you can't have assets of more than 
and you that's know, going to be a debit. X amount, and that's going to be an asset worth a lot. So you eventually have to forgive that loan, which then itself becomes a div seven eight. So I, I'm confused. I've always been a little but will confused. Will there be a distributable distributable surplus at that point? Exactly. Or will you just wind up the company? I mean, it's going to have a tax debt perhaps, but there's going to be no assets in there. So I think for that particular topic, we need a Next tax time. lawyer to come on here <laughs> yeah. and, and talk about that with because it can we get do. quite complicated at that point. It's it's intense. And yeah. the, the formula for a distributable surplus isn't as simple as you think either. It's, it's not, not just, easy. is there positive assets or mm. did they make a profit? Yeah. That's not it. It's a number of factors that get plus and minus on, yeah. um, which we will go into in another episode of the podcast. Yeah. But but just be aware that if for whatever reason you have a negative distributable surplus according to the formula that they give, and hopefully not, it you know you should have a distributable surplus. You should be making profits with net pos- like yeah. net positive net net assets, and and that would usually mean that you do have a distributable surplus. Um, then if it's negative, you can't distribute that. Also, it, if it's not big enough to cover the amount, only yeah. a portion of yes. that amount is... is I could see that happening. Eight, yeah. So you'd have to be in quite a hole for this to happen because mm. it means that your liabilities are so large in your company and your assets are so low mm. that um, effectively there's there's nothing... And, and you add back the Div 7A loan portion mm. as well, generally. So before you even took money out, um, then you would have had to have had like very low net assets in yeah. the company. Yeah, and also you've probably loaned money to then take money. Like, yeah. you know. You, you've borrowed yeah. to take cash out. So you're in, you're in a world of pain if you are able to use that option, I think. So it's yeah. a bit of a Hail Mary, really. And it's like a, a very small positive in a very negative situation. Yeah, exactly. But it is always worth looking at when mm. we always look at it. If we've got a client with a div 7 we'll just, yeah, we'll just do a quick calculation here to see mm. if it really is something we need to do a dividend for yeah. or not. But I think I think we should definitely get someone because I'm always interested in that. Mm. What is the long-term consequences of these things? Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit more of a conversation around the distributable surplus yeah. um, calculation. Um, but that is a topic definitely that we will discuss in a future episode, Div 7A, uh, episode three or four. And logistics. So logistically speaking, what is a correct dividend? How do you declare it correctly? Mm. What date does it need to be declared? Is there paperwork around it? Because if you're doing these things wrong, then mm. potentially what you think you're doing correctly is wrong anyway, if it, the ATO ever reviewed you. Even if in substance, it's the same result, but the paperwork's wrong. Mm. Is that a problem? That is a problem. So there's a recent episode of a, of a friendly podcast, a, a friend of ours podcast, mm. uh, Tax Talks. Tax Talks. They did yeah. a, a few episodes about Division 7A paying dividends and, and mm. the paperwork required around that. And it is quite interesting. Yeah. If you're interested in more details, go have a look at that. Definitely. But um, but yeah, these are, these are topics that um, basically no business owner is across. Yeah, it's really on the accountant to inform them. Definitely, and that's what we're doing right now, informing you that mm. really what you just need to be aware of is that you can't just transfer an asset from the company to you or a sum of cash from the company to you. It's it's even simpler than that. Sometimes it's just people taking more money each week as a wage than what they're p- putting down in payroll. Yeah, that happens all the time, especially with. Perhaps, you know, I don't want to stereotype here, but with tradies, sometimes mm. they're on a monthly wage or they just take whatever cash yeah. they want because they're used to doing that. They used to be a sole trader. Mm. So, generally, that's where we see the problem. If you're yeah. not reporting enough wages, 
um, to sustain what your lifestyle is, the amount of cash you need to be taking out. And that becomes a huge double whammy. Yeah. Because not only do you just need this constant cash flow out of the business to survive, but you're not reporting enough wages, you're not putting enough tax aside, and then mm. you're going to need to do these constant Div 7A dividends or like mm. bonus payments or top-ups or set up a loan, which mm. you're just chasing your tail. It's just digging a deeper hole. So I'm going to throw a few other quick examples out there to you guys. Um, one is that if your business is lending, then lending money to yourself, as long as it's done at the arm's length rates and mm. things, isn't a Division 7A. Yeah, so that's an interesting one. So, this is so a good example. Yeah. People park money from the business or company um, into an offset account. Yeah, so that's a different thing again. Mm. So, that is using company assets. Mm. That would be a Division 7A or potentially fringe FPT. benefit yeah. if you pay it back within the year. So, that's the other part. Lending money to yourself at less than commercial rates would be a div- uh, fringe benefit use of mm. company assets even if you then paid it back within the year. Mm. So, often FBT and Div 7A work in together. They do. But, but in my example, it was more like if you're a bank <laughs> right, and you lend money to yourself to buy a house, yes. then that isn't a Division 7A as long as it's within the yep. commercial rates that you're currently using for customers. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because that's just part of the business. It's not mm. using company assets. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, and the example Tim gave then, yeah, is is when FBT also becomes a consequence. So, um, you will never have an FBT problem with using company assets if you've got a Division 7A compliant loan mm. because that loan itself is charging interest at rates. It's it's a commercial thing. It's it's not um, a fringe benefit being received. Yeah, so that is one to be wary of as well. Mm, absolutely. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's a basic overview. So, if you take assets from the company, money, it's paid something for you, or you transfer an asset to yourself, then potentially you've got a Division 7A problem. To fix it, you need to either repay it back before the lodgement date of your tax return the next year, or you need to set up a Division 7A complying loan agreement and make the minimum yearly repayments. And another thing we didn't mention, if you don't make those minimum repayments, the repayments become um, unfranked dividends mm. as well. So, yeah, and and potentially the whole loan could be could be bust. So, definitely. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of consequences there. So, set up an agreement, follow it each year, make those repayments. It might end up meaning that you've repaid more and you've had to declare more income and more tax, but you've had the use of that asset. So, yeah, yeah there's pros and cons to these things, but that is, in a nutshell, what we're talking about today. Yeah, cool. Let's move on. Well, do you have another thing, Dan? Um, my other thing is just, to, I, I've spoken about this before. Uh, I started reading a, a, a fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. You have. Um, Nerd. And I, I started reading the second book and I smashed it. I read it in like three weeks. Wow. Loved it. Loved it. So, does this mean you're back in the book club? Well, no, I've, I haven't stopped reading books. I just stopped reading the books in book club. That's what I meant. <laughs> Oh, the new one sounds interesting. That one was... Dan's uh, out of book club. He's, he's never coming back. <laughs> he killed it. He tried to kill it again. He's out. I didn't try and kill it. Yeah, you did. You picked a book. You never read it. Yeah, but COVID happened. We couldn't, <laughs> even, <laughs> couldn't even meet. You do more reading in COVID. Yeah, but I read other books. We could meet on Zoom. Yeah, that's true. No, so the po- whole point of that book was to do a murder mystery night. It was. 
We weren't doing a murder mystery night of a Zoom. I mean, we could have, but... You could do theme backgrounds But that didn't seem like people were that into that. And then the whole thing fell apart and I abandoned it. You killed it. Oh, I didn't kill it. I abandoned it. (laughs) (laughs) It was dying and you abandoned it. You let it die. Yeah, I let it die. I let it die. I let it die. So my my other thing is is just the the second book in that series. Um, I can't wait to go buy the third. Cool. Mm, Only 11 left. Nice one. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> we'll keep hearing about it I guess yeah probably uh, my other thing is the AFL Grand Final mm. which is this weekend um, I tipped on the first episode of the uh, Two Drunk Footy podcast with Gartho and the Foz and yes. producer <laughs> Blossom yeah failed producer Blossom who accidentally deleted yeah. the entire episode that, that, that yeah. episode <laughs> will never see the light of day unfortunately I thought there was some good stuff in there so we'll, re- we'll re-record it but I did tip Richmond to win the grand final, which seemed unlikely at that time. Mm. They, uh, they were up against Port Adelaide and Adelaide mm. over the weekend, and they, they beat them. It was a very tight game. Could have mm. gone either way. They're now in the grand final. They're hot favorites to beat Geelong, even though Geelong have looked pretty good. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a great grand final. Really looking forward to it. It was interesting. All the talk was Brisbane. Oh, and they flopped. They flopped against... Geelong should have beaten them by about 10 goals. Yep. And then they beat them by like 40 points. I, I saw a funny um, Petuta Advocate article that said, Premier now reconsidering hosting grand final in, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in Queensland. <laughs> That's classic. I yeah. love it. Yeah, they're actually going to have like... Um, 30,000 people in the stadium. Uh, yeah, that's pretty there, cool. Which is great. I mean, they don't want to open their borders in New South Wales, but... Uh, They'll put 30,000 hey. people in stadiums. <laughs> 30,000 people in the stadium, that, that's fair enough. Yeah. yeah. With a bunch of people who've come from the other states to watch it, like media and executives and even the sport, the athletes themselves. So, But it is a huge achievement. You've got to think, Richmond and Geelong, they, they have not slept in their own bed for almost four months now. Mm. That's How tough. much of an achievement is that? That's so a then, achievement. And then they've beaten, say, Brisbane, who have been able to sleep in their own bed. They've mm. been in their home state. Mm. Um, they've been able to beat a club like that. That is very good. That's crazy. That's a big achievement. That's they should be stoked for what they've done. And each year, um, the interstate clubs generally like complain because the grand final is in Melbourne. Always in Melbourne. This is the first time in the modern era. And they're both Victorian clubs. They're both Victorian clubs. (laughs) So they're like, ah, Victorian clubs have an advantage. They have to travel less. And the grand final is always in Melbourne. (laughs) Well, it's it's Geelong and Richmond playing Mm. this year. So, so yeah, pretty keen. And it's the first Twilight grand final as well. Hey, that's cool. Could could be a bit dewy or, yeah, should be a bit interesting. DMAs, one of the bands. Yeah, right. Cool. Yep. Should be a good one. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. If you want to get in touch uh, at two drunk accountants on all the socials send us a message we love hearing from you uh smash that subscribe button on uh, wherever you listen to this podcast give us a rating and review because that helps people find us um donate or share my link donate, donate. or share tim's link for his run we'd That's, love that yeah or even just just uh post you know send me a message or whatever with your support we'd yeah love to hear from that you. would be that would be great if you could send a message of support to tim saying go Tot- tim go <laughs> and that'll just Push him on that extra kilometer. It will. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will calculate it.